The clock is ticking on a fast approaching deadline to avoid a U.S. government shutdown. This week, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy decided against moving forward with a military spending bill after Republican hardliners revolted. Some conservatives have threatened to oust McCarthy from his speakership if he doesn't bend to their spending requests. Lawmakers now have just two weeks to reach a deal to avert a government shutdown that could have a devastating impact on the nation's economy. With me now to talk more about all of this and more is Andrew Desiderio. He is a senior congressional reporter for Punchbowl News. And Julie Grace Bufke is a Capitol Hill reporter for Axios. Good to see both of you. All right, Andrew, you first. Uh, I mean, do you see a scenario where Speaker McCarthy can get the hardliners in his party to agree to a spending bill to avoid a government shutdown? It's getting increasingly difficult, and one of the biggest issues holding things up right now is going to be uh, aid for Ukraine, which is actually separate from something they uh, considered this past week on the floor, which is the annual defense uh, spending bill. Um, this would be something par that's part of the Biden administration's supplemental funding request. Uh, they asked for money for natural disasters, of course, in Hawaii and Florida and Vermont and other states, uh, as well as $24 billion of military, economic and humanitarian aid for Ukraine. McCarthy, what he's trying to do basically here is use that as leverage to secure concessions for changes to policies at the U.S.-Mexico border, in addition to uh, try to get more money for border security. The administration asked for $4 billion for border security as part of its supplemental funding request but Republicans obviously don't think that that is enough. Um, so Ukraine could be the issue that causes a government shutdown because the Senate really wants to include Ukraine aid in any stopgap government funding bill. They, they fully support uh, President Biden's supplemental funding request, both Schumer and McConnell do. Uh, so it's gonna be a tough choice for Speaker McCarthy uh, as to whether he's gonna uh, include that in the stopgap spending bill. And it comes at the same time that President Zelensky from Ukraine is going to be visiting the Capitol uh, on, on Thursday of this coming week. Right. And and with all that, Julie Grace, you know, uh, facing threats to his speakership, McCarthy, you know, is actually calling the bluff of his conservative critics. And, and this week he actually dared his detractors uh, to move a motion to the House floor to oust him. So do you think this threat will, you know, force those hardliners to the negotiating table? Or is McCarthy, you know, at such great risk risk now of possibly losing his speakership, you know, over this fight that he would really rather focus on that as opposed to the policies at hand? Yeah, there was no shortage of tensions this week between Matt Gates and Kevin McCarthy. I think the threats that Matt Gates and a handful of other conservatives are definitely a real thing for him. And I think the more members I talk to, the more Republicans I'm hearing saying, they think that a government shutdown is kind of imminent at this point. There's no way they're going to wrap all of their spending bills. And they've been kind of disappointed with the way things are handled, given given the deadline coming up. So uh, Kevin McCarthy, he likes to say, don't underestimate him. We'll figure things out. But uh, conservative demands right now on wanting border security in there and major spending cuts are, aren't likely to pass the Senate. So there's a lot of hurdles for him to overcome. Wow. Yeah. And th that deadline is fast approaching. Uh, all right, Andrew, I want to shift gears, if we could, you know, to Republican Congresswoman Lauren Boebert, uh, one of those Republican hardliners, you know, who is now center stage for uh, her alleged behavior away from uh, the Capitol. The Colorado representative is now apologizing after video showed her uh, vaping inside a Denver theater during a performance of um, Beetlejuice. 
uh, the musical after she previously denied doing so. So Bobert, Bobert was, you know, escorted from the theater. There's video of that as well. Uh, after patrons complained uh, about vaping, taking pictures, causing a, a real disturbance. And, and the congresswoman is now apologizing for the incident, saying she fell short of her values. Uh, telling our affiliate KUSA in a statement Friday, I'm quoting now, uh, whether it was the excitement of seeing a much anticipated production or the natural anxiety of being in a new environment, I genuinely did not recall vaping that evening when I discussed the night's events with my campaign team while confirming my enthusiasm for the musical. Um, so she, she goes on to say, regardless of my belief, it's clear now that was not accurate. It was not my or my campaign's intention to mislead, but we do understand the nature of how this looks. So, Andrew, um, with, with, with that pretty great setup, you know, how might this incident potentially impact her political objectives? Well, it, it, it's certainly difficult, and I think her uh, releasing this uh, very conciliatory statement, uh, profusely apologizing, um, is is a tactical shift for her. She uh, is in the mold of Donald Trump. She she doesn't usually apologize for things that she's called out for. Uh, in any normal scenario, she would probably be slamming the media for covering it in the first place. Uh, but she released this lengthy statement uh, that reads like something you would see from a crisis public relations firm putting out on her behalf. And I think it speaks to the political situation she's in back home in Colorado. Obviously, this last election. Uh, she she came uh, she only won her race by around 500 votes uh, and that was shocking because this is a ruby red district in Colorado uh, and the Democratic candidate was seen as someone who doesn't really have a chance uh, to unseat her now Republicans are going to be paying attention to that district uh, and the Democratic candidate is uh, running again his name is Adam Frisch uh, so he's going to have a lot of ammunition to use against her and I think it's just fascinating that you see one of these uh, more MAGA Republican voices uh, in the party uh, starting to uh, change her tune a little bit when she's facing a, a difficult reelection potentially. Mm -hmm. And Julie Grace, you know, as more details, you know, emerge about the incident and Boebert's alleged behavior, you know, coming to light, do you think that she will face any reprimand from House leadership? Or will this never be up to the voters? I think it'll be up to the voters. I uh, I mean, well, an embarrassing video with the fondling and the vaping there and getting escorted out. I think Kevin McCarthy's got bigger issues with the uh, looming government shutdown and threats from the Freedom Caucus right now. So I think uh, their political opponents will probably kind of use it as a tool to go after her. But I don't really see something like a censure or any other formal disciplinary action being something that leaders are going to be focused on right now. Mm, okay. Yep. There's there's a lot on the plate <laughs> given in the next couple of weeks. All right. Andrew Desiderio, Julie Grace Buffke, thanks to both of you. Appreciate it.